Amen. Or if you have your Bibles, which I trust you do, we're not bomb readers, we're Bible readers right here. Turn to Mark chapter 1. Oh, I feel the presence of God in this place. Amen. That's a blessing. Uh, and thank the Lord for you being here because I believe that's exactly where you ought to be, is in the house of God, worshiping the living God. Thank God for those songs. Choir, that was a beautiful song about His presence. And His presence is where His Word is and where His Spirit is. Amen. Mark chapter 1, uh, you know, God's Word is always on time and timely. And I don't pick my sermons out. I let the Lord pick them out by where, where we end up preaching. And last week we preached this a little bit, and I'll, I'll finish this message uh, tonight on being fishers of men. And heard the great testimony from Lula Balo. Y'all need to pray for him because the pastor down in Jackson, Georgia that brought him over is letting him drive. So I, I'm afraid he's going to love this place so much he won't ever go back. Amen. And so uh, maybe I'm sure he won't, won't do that. But uh, uh, he was a blessing. Uh, being a slave and a shepherd sold by his own mother. Uh, you know, sometimes young people need to hear that kind of testimony. You think you got it bad. You don't have it bad compared to some of these things in third world countries. But um, thank God for his testimony that uh, he was reached by the, by the gospel. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ saved and now he's a pastor. And uh, he was, a, he was a, a slave, a shepherd, sold out by his mother as a kid. and Lived a terrible life and the uh, Lord found him through the gospel. And we thank God for Brother Kevin Hall, our missionary of the week. He could be out being a professional football player today probably, but he gave all that up, $100,000 scholarship, to go over and reach a Lulabalo, to reach a, to, to build churches and to have a Bible institute. And he just started a new church. And so thank God for Brother Kevin. You ought to call him up and, and talk to him sometime or at least email him. It'd be a real blessing. But he's our missionary of the week. He's more our missionary of the week. He came out of this church. I want you to remember that. He was, he, he was sitting where you were sitting one day, and God called him out of this church to South Africa. All right, put up all your phones. Stop your texting. Okay, thank you. And uh, let's go to the text of the Word of God. Amen? Mark chapter 1, and I want you to look at verse 21 uh, through 28. I'm preaching against demons this morning, so all the demons of hell is going to try to distract me, going to try to distract you. Uh, is going to try to preoccupy your mind, and uh, I'm going to prove to you this morning that the devil is real, but you know that anyway if you're uh, saved, because it's a battle. I wish one thing would have happened once I got saved, and I want to give this for uh, Casey and Connor. I wish somebody told me immediately this is not a picnic, but it's a warfare, that we're in a warfare. Folks, it's the devil against you now, it's the demons of hell against you now, but you're on the winning side, say amen. amen. Yesterday I had the privilege of going to the Georgia football game with my son who uh, ships about $2 million for UPS, so they give him all kinds of stuff. And I thought we was going to have a hot dog. We had a prime rib in a tent. I tell you, praise God. That was better than the game, amen. And I'll tell you what, the Georgia, uh, some of y'all Georgia Bulldog graduates, I, I don't want to mean to, uh, to offend you, but they need to learn what stands mean. S-T-A-N-D-S. Uh, they think that means stand the whole game. It don't mean stand the whole game. What are those seats for, praise God, amen? And so anyway, I had to stand the whole game, and I thought, boy, praise God, next game, I'm going to be in my lazy boy with a moon pie and a sweet tea, amen? 
I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan, but I ain't going back. Amen. <laughs> Woo, it was hot. But I want to tell you something, friend. I had people high-fiving me. I didn't even know. <laughs> Hugging me and, you know, men. I didn't let women. <laughs> I want to clarify that. Hey, this day and age, accusation will ruin you. Say amen. Come on. This takes an accusation. I ain't going to get on that, but I'm going to tell you what. I feel like it. So you shouldn't preach on politics. I'll preach on evil politics. Amen. I'll preach on sin. But I mean, people high-five me. Hey, wasn't that great? You know, acting like we was best friends. I said, I don't even know you, fella. What, what but I had red and black on, so it was a team. Amen. That's why you ought to shake hands, smile, and feel like you're on the same team because we are on the same team. And I want to tell you something, friend. We even got a better purpose than they do, and that's that we're on the winning side because Jesus Christ defeated the devil. That was the warfare. There ain't no game here, praise God. I'm telling you, this is more important than a game. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, what if I had y'all stand the whole 30 minutes? What would y'all do? Never come back. But I guarantee you go to a blooming football game, you'll stand for three hours because nobody else is going to sit down. So you've got to see the blooming thing. Amen. Come on now, I'm preaching now. I'm meddling a little bit. And so I wish we had more fanatical commitment to Jesus than we do sports events. Say amen. I looked around, there's 92,000 people. I saw red seas of red. Airplanes going over. Woo! Herschel Walker giving speeches. Wow, whoa. And I thought to myself, I wonder how many of these 92,000 people are going to be in church tomorrow morning. Huh? And I'm not, I'm not preaching against ball. You know I love it. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. I love him more. Praise the Lord. Amen. Some people won't come to church because they've got to watch the Falcons this afternoon. God help you. We're going to have 15 more people injured if you keep that up. But hey, man, come on, man. Put God first. Amen. Put Him first. He's worthy. And He's worthy of all worship. Amen. Look at Mark chapter 1, 21 through 20. I'm going to talk about demons this morning. But I'm going to talk about the one that can overcome. Let's stand on the Word of God. You better believe it. I almost sang the song we sang Wednesday night, Great is the Lord. We'll do that during baptism service, brother. Great is the Lord. It's the only scriptural song I know by heart. And uh, we're going to memorize that scripture in this month by singing it. I was in a church in Alaska. That's all they did for the whole song service, sing scripture. That's pretty scriptural, amen. And if it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. So amen. Look at verse 21. And they went into Capernaum right after he called them from fishing for, to fish for men. And straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. Boy, I bet he livened that place up. And they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one that had, I want you to circle this word, authority. Say it with me. Authority. And not as the scribes. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, possessed by the devil. And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee. I, I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they were questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with, say it with me, authority... He commanded he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread 
abroad throughout all the regions round about Galilee. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for your authority. Now, Lord, I don't preach demeaning people or low-rating people, but, Lord, I do preach with authority because it's the Word of God that's my authority. And, Lord, I pray, dear God, that people would listen as from the Lord, not from some preacher. And, God, that we would worship you and that we'd adore you and we'd reverence you as we listen. And, God, as we respond during the invitation, as we're obedient in baptism, as whatever God wants us to do, dear God, help us to realize that you're, 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 you're God, you're Lord God, and that you're over all, and you certainly ought to be over us that you've made, and God, that you've remade if we're saved, that you've sustained in the many valleys, as that beautiful song just said. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to submit to your authority and realize that there's no demon, no devil that can keep us out of the will of God. It's only us that keeps ourselves out of the will of God. So, Lord, bless your word, and thank you for your name. And Lord, we just pray that you'd be glorified, glorified uh, through this message as we glorify you with a changed life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here's the Lord. He's recruiting some fishermen. And I mean, they gave up straightway and they forsook their nets and they followed him. Isn't it wonderful to follow the Lord? I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Speaking of being a fan, I am a fanatic. That's where the root word is. That means ardent follower. If God calls you to do a ministry, you ought to do it. If God calls you to be a good Christian, which he has, be it. And I want to tell you something, the being is more important than the doing. Because when, you get, when you're right with God, you'll work for God and you'll witness for God. When your worship is right, your work is right and your witness is right. That's why it's important we worship this morning. But I want to tell you something, there's a demon, there's demons in hell I don't believe the devil's omnipresent, but I believe he's got imps everywhere. He's got demons that are trying to hinder you from listening to this message right now. He wants to be preoccupied with something that's of mundane lordship. He's trying to cause you to be distracted. He's trying to call you to be preoccupied. He's trying to call you to be prejudiced, that you don't need this message, but you do, and I do. And I want to tell you, friend, there is a warfare going on, and it's a warfare between the mind and the heart and the will and the emotions. Everything comes into play when you try to worship God. I mean, the devil's going to fight it. He's going to fight you listening. He's going to fight you definitely obeying the Word of God this morning. And even coming back tonight, you'll find something else to do if you listen to the devil. Say amen. If you listen to the flesh. And if you listen to the world, you'll find something else to do. But folks, there's nothing more important than worshiping the living God. Nothing more important than a, a bowing before Him and testifying to a lost and dying world that you're on the winning side. Say amen. Praise God. Somebody asked me where my red and black was this morning. I, I made sure I didn't wear anything red or anything black. Because I want to tell you something, friend. I got a Whitfield Baptist cap that I'd rather wear anywhere, any place, anytime because I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm a member of Whitfield Baptist Church, and I'm not ashamed of it. Say amen. amen. And I want to tell you something, friend. We need to stop backing down from this world and this crowd and being like them. We need to be different. Amen. And one of the ways to be different is defeat the devil in your personal life. I want you to see, first of all, number one, there's a reality of the demons. In, uh, in verse 21, it says he was teaching, he taught with authority, and then right in the middle of the synagogue. What? Who are, what the devil planted him in the synagogue. 
A man with an unclean spirit cried out. I mean, he interrupted the whole service while Jesus is preaching. How dare him? That's the devil. Folks, there's a spiritual warfare. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. You knew I was going to get there sooner or later. But Ephesians chapter 6. I want you to look real quick at a couple of verses. Uh, chapter 6. And I want you to look at verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren. I know he's a Baptist preacher because he preached for about 40 more minutes after he said in closing. He said, finally, my brethren, come on now, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Why should you be strong in the Lord and the power of his might? Well, he's going to tell you. Put on the whole armor of God, Ephesians 6, 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Folks, that's the methodology of the devil. That's the lies of the devil. That's the options of the devil. That's those old lower lords taking over in your life. Look at verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, <clears throat> against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take upon you the whole armor of God, and he lists each piece. And folks, one of the greatest pieces of that armor is the shield of faith, the belt of truth. Praise God, shod with the preparation of the of the peace of the gospel. I'm standing on the death, burial, and resurrection this morning. And folks, I'm standing behind him and in him because he is greater than me, he's greater than you, and he's the only one that can handle the devil. You think you can fight this battle on your own? You got another thought coming. And some people, they have problems and they, they skip church. They have problems and they skip reading the Bible. They have problems and they stop worshiping God. They change channels on the radio. And folks, they stop worshiping with good music and they stop worshiping God with good, uh, good thought life. And folks, the devil's got you right where he wants you. And folks, if you could see the demons of hell, you'd run to this altar before I gave the altar call. If you could see the invisible warfare going on right now, you would count the minutes you could be back in church tonight to be at this altar to sing praises like this choir sung. And I'm telling you, you would count the minutes to be back in the house of God. Not dreading it every minute. See, folks, we don't see the invisible warfare going on. It's a warfare. I want you to see, first of all, in this spiritual warfare, there's oppression. Look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, 38. <clears throat> I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. That's the only thing that defeats the devil. Acts 10, 38. The Bible says this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now listen, for God was with him. He said he, he, he healed all those that were oppressed of the devil. Now I'm convinced that a Christian cannot be possessed by the devil, but he can be oppressed by the devil. You know what the oppression means? He rules over you. He takes authority uh, over you. He pushes you down. He degrades you. He deceives you. Uh, he's accuser of the brethren. Says you're not good enough to serve God. And then you sin and then he says, look at that. I told you you wasn't good enough. He's accuser of the brethren. And you know when he accuses you, what you ought to do? You ought to agree with him. Say, yes, I am a sinner, but I'm under the blood of Jesus. I'm saved and I'm on the winning side. Go back to hell where you belong. I'm talking about telling the devil that, amen. Don't tell anybody else that. I wouldn't do too Christian. But I'm going to tell you something, folks, you ought to rebuke the devil. And the way you rebuke the devil is say, hey, you have no right to push me down into this depression. 
You have no right to push me down in this fear, this worry, this oppression. Have you ever been oppressed by the devil? Don't raise your hand because if you didn't, you're probably lying and the devil's the author of all lies. Amen? We've all been oppressed. We've all been depressed. Some people say, no, I'm not worried. I'm disconcerned. No, you're worried. <laughs> you worry about your kids. You worry about what they have to go to school with. You worry about this government, praise God. Woo, don't get me started on that, please. You worry about it. I want to tell you something. God, as I preached Wednesday night, is over all the highs because he's higher than the highs. I'm glad I got Jesus. And then I want you to see there's obsession. Obsession. That comes from the word in the Greek, vexing. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 18, please. Luke 6, 18. Look in, the, look in your Bible. Aren't you glad you got a Bible? Amen. Luke 6, 18. Better than any text you'll ever receive is the Word of God. The text of the Word of God. I'm talking about the King James. Pray for Brother Jeremy Smith. He's candidating for a church in Brunswick. I meant to have prayer for him. Y'all pray for him. Every time I think of the King James, I think of him for some reason. Amen. He's good at it, isn't he? Look at Luke 6, 18. Luke 6, 18. The Bible says, And they were vexed with an unclean spirit, and they were healed. Vexed. What's the word vexed means? Well, oppression uh, comes from without. Some people beat you down, discourage you, humiliate you, hurt you. But obsession comes from within. And folks, people would be obsessed by the devil. I want to tell you something, one of the worst obsessions that's going around this world is pornography. People can be, can be obsessed with sex out of wedlock, which is fornication and adultery. Say amen. It's wicked. It's wicked. Somebody was kidding around the other day and said they ought to bring Hillary up for the next Supreme Court appointment. Then she'd have to uh, go through an uh, uh, examination. I thought that wasn't too good to say from the pulpit, but anyway, I'm going to tell you something, friend. There's a lot of people obsessed with this sexual problems. I mean, things happen in the White House that shouldn't in the past. Things happen in the past of our present, present, president. It'll haunt you. Amen? I'll tell you one thing I learned about all this trial mess is you should never drink. You ought to be a teetotaler, totally abstain, praise God, don't you be a social party or drinker, teenagers. It'll, it'll come back to haunt you. And the devil uses a handle to accuse you. Come on, say amen. Y'all didn't think that? I'd bring that out, did you? It's wicked. My daddy was a drunk. I know how wicked it is. I know how much it hurts you, oppresses you. And folks, there's obsession with drink. There's obsession with pornography. There's obsession with sex. There's obsession with hatred and revenge and pride and greed, people can be obsessed by that. Have you ever seen somebody, somewhat, have you ever met somebody that's bitter? They're either depressed or angry, one of the two. Bitterness turned in is depression. Bitterness turned out is anger. And a person that's angry a lot and critical a lot, they're usually bitter. Just bitter. I mean, the devil can use past hurts to, to bring you down. I mean, to get you depressed over your past even. And folks, so there's oppression, there's obsession. And folks, sometimes the devil fills us with my, uh, uh, things in our mind that consumes our energy. That drives us. I'll tell you, one of the greatest wastes of time is not sleeping. 
When you go to bed, you can't sleep because you're so obsessed with things. You're so worried. Folks, that ought not be. When you pillow your head, praise God, you ought to say, thank God I'm going to sleep. I'll worry about it when I get up. <laughs> Amen. I've made that a, a motto. I mean, don't worry about it. It's, it'll be there in the morning. You can worry about it then. No. Folks, sometimes the devil fills us with things while we're trying to worship. Right now the devil's trying to throw something right in right in your between your little eyeballs. And you start worrying about it. Demons come against human beings. And folks, I want to tell you something, but he cannot possess us. Look at Mark chapter 1, verse 32, back in our text, chapter. It says in verse 32, and at, at, at the evening when the sun did set, they brought him unto all that were diseased, and them that were possessed, possessed with the devil. You can and be and should be possessed by the Holy Spirit. Say amen. There's a big difference. And when the Lord, hey, when the Holy Ghost possesses you, you know what he possesses you to do? Love. Pretty good possession, isn't it? I want to be possessed to love my wife. I want to be possessed to love you and love my enemies, love those that hurt me, love the unfaithful, love the faithful, love everybody, love the sinner. But folks, without his love, you can't make it. Because what you're going to do is you're going to say, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. You hurt me, I'll hurt you. And that's totally human, but it's not divine. Divine is to forgive those that hurt you. Say amen. That takes God, don't it? And I want to tell you something, friend. The possession of the devil is a terrible thing. I believe these people that go into the schools and shoot their friends in cold-blooded murder are possessed by the devil. If you'll, you'll just study the history of these young people, you'll find out they got into demonology. and They got into things like video games that talk them to be violent. The devil uses that. Lots in the occult. And I want to tell you something, friend. To, 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 to shoot down an innocent friend in the classroom is demon possession. To kill your children is demon possession. To kill each other is demon possession. Folks, I want to tell you something. We got a lot of demon possession going around in the United States of America. It ought to concern you. And folks, the devil can do terrible and horrible Horrible things through your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so this man's expressing the life of Satan in his life. Right in the middle of a great message by the authoritative preaching or teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ, he, the devil screams out. The demon screams out. And folks, I want to tell you something. I'm glad I'm saved. Because I want to tell you something. If I was not saved, I am a candidate for possession of the devil. And you are too. Oh, I'd never go that far. Don't you ever say that because sin will take you a lot further than you ever thought it would. It'll keep you a lot longer and it'll hurt you a lot more than you ever thought it would. And folks, I'm glad I'm saved because I'm going to tell you something. The Spirit of God lives in my heart and I'm going to tell you something. In order for me to be possessed by the devil, the Holy Spirit's got to leave and the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, He'll never leave you or forsake you. And John chapter 14 says when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll abide with you forever. You're saved, saved, saved. Amen. You're saved past tense. You're saved present tense. And you're saved future tense. And that present tense is you're saved from the domination of the devil. I'd get saved not just to go to heaven and miss hell. I'd get saved just to have victory over Satan. Amen. We're in a warfare. It's a raging battle. 
You need to realize who your enemy is, the devil. And so, folks, first of all, demon possession is reality. Demon oppression, demon obsession. And then second of all, I see in this wonderful passage the authority of Jesus. Look at verse 21. It says that he was teaching, and he was, they were astonished at his doctrine. Then this man shouts out, screams out, cries out, and a blood-curdling scream of the devil in him, <clears throat> and saying, "Let us alone! We have to do what we have to do with thee." Strange thing for a demon-possessed man to say in the middle of a service. <clears throat> Reminds me of the time that I was bus visiting, and a girl was demon-possessed, and she threw my partner and me across the whole room in a little project room. Awful voice come out of her mouth. She had supernatural strength. Scared me to death. I had hair then and it stood straight up. I'm serious. My partner ran out the door and left me in there to face her by myself. The mother ran to the kitchen. I said, glory to God, I'm just going to plead the blood. And, and I tackled her and, and prayed with her. Thank God she got saved later on. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. She was as demon possessed as I've ever seen a young lady. It's real. I'm not talking about some little movie you're watching on TV where the head turns all the way around or something. Some of y'all watch that. I can tell the way you're laughing. Amen. And you say, Preacher, how did you know about it? But I ain't going to tell you. <laughs> I was in my teenage years when I didn't have a lick of sense of what I watched. Come on now. Some, somebody say amen on that row right here. Amen. Thank you for sitting on the front, buddy. You're listening good. Folks, I say the authority of the, of the Lord is I see, first of all, this old demon recognized the deity and authority of Jesus. Look at verse 24. It says, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? But he didn't stop there. He said, art thou come to destroy us? He didn't stop there. I know thee. Which some theologians did. I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Folks, that's a testimony from a demon. He's the Holy One of God. Folks, I want to tell you, first of all, the demons of hell recognize His full deity and His full authority over them, the devil, and the world, and the flesh. And you ought to praise God that demons recognize who Jesus is. He's God. He's Lord. If you belong to Him, you're on the winning side. Second of all, I see demons have a hatred of Jesus. Darkness cannot stand the light, especially the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. And folks, he said, leave us alone. You know why he was saying leave us alone? Because the light was shining on his darkness. Thank God for that. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it's the glorious light of the gospel. Amen? I mean, the light of God will shine on your sin to make sin exceedingly sinful. If you stay out of church, your sin will be exceedingly acceptable. If you hang around those that do, your sin will be exceedingly popular. But if you go under the sound of the glorious light of the gospel, your sin will be exceedingly sinful. That's why it's very important that you come to church. It's very important that you read your Bible. It's very important that you memorize Scripture and that you send your kids off full of the Holy Ghost and full of the scriptures when they walk in these demon-possessed halls. And some of them are demon-possessed. 
unsaved men might not recognize this, but folks, I'm going to tell you something. Unsaved men have a tendency to hate the things of God. But he's a victim. He's a victim of the devil who hates God. He said, hey, please, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? He started getting sarcastic, but then he said, but if thou come to destroy us, I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And then third of all, I want you to notice that demons have a cringing fear of Jesus. I like this part. The Bible says, I know thee who thou art. But before he said that, he says, what have we to do with thee? I can see the fear and trembling in that demon's voice. Thou, thou art come to destroy us. You better believe he has. And he wants to destroy the devil, and he has at Calvary. When he said, it is finished, he bruised his head, and, and, and folks, his heel was only bruised. Prophesied the first prophecy in the Bible, Genesis 3.15. I like that verse in 1 John 4, 4 where it says greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. And then let me just say fourthly, demons must always yield to his authority. Look at verse 25. Look at the word. Isn't it wonderful? Exciting? I'd rather be here than any place I can imagine. It said in verse 25, and Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace. Come out of him. You know what he's saying? Shut your mouth. Amen. He says, stop screaming, stop talking. I was teaching and you're interrupting me. I've had to do that in 44 years of preaching. I've had to rebuke people publicly that started crying out with demon uh, oppression in a service. And folks, I want to tell you something. Satan never gives up. He never gives up. He's relentless without a fight. And folks, I want to tell you something. When you're dealing with the lost you, that's been inhabited by demons or the devil. And folks, if God's not your father, the Bible says the devil is. I'm not, being, I'm not trying to push you down, discredit you, or make you mad, but I want to tell you something, friend. That's what the Bible says. I'm glad I got a heavenly father. I'm glad I belong to his family. He can take care of me. And in this spiritual battle, I need his authority over the devil because I can't handle it. I tell you what you ought to do. When the devil knocks at your door, you ought to say, Jesus, I can't handle it. Would you please answer the door? And give him scripture. Amen. Start singing praises to God. Fall on your knees and the devil will start trembling. Because you can pray when you're right with God. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Pleading the blood of Jesus. Folks, listen. We must be filled with faith and the spirit to overcome the devil. Look at Mark 9, 29. Just next door. Mark 9, 29. The Bible says this. And he said to them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. The, the, the disciples were trying to cast out a demon. And they said, Why couldn't we cast him out? And he said, This, this, he said, He said to them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer fasting folks the greater power of Jesus Christ and the authority of Jesus Christ can be rightly applied to your heart and you can rebuke the enemy and demons must obey 
Can somebody say amen right there? The demons have to flee at the name of Jesus. That don't mean just quoting some little uh, thing like these Catholic movies where they have the little cross and all that stuff. That's a bunch of junk because folks, they're, not, they're probably not saved. But I'm telling you, friend, when you're living for God, yielded to God, filled with the Spirit of God, you don't have to put some holy chant, holy water on somebody demon possessed. What you can do is pray. And be linked up with the living God and you can also claim the authority and the power of God in your life. That's wonderful to know that. Folks, there's victory that was won at Calvary. That brings me to my last point. There's victory for the believer. I want you to look at Luke chapter 10, verse 17 and verse 19. Luke 10, 17, 19. How many love the Word of God? Say amen. Luke 10, 17 through 19. I've been expecting somebody to get out of the pew right now and give me a high five. No, not really. Look, look at that. I'd feel very uncomfortable if you did that. But anyway, Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The Bible says this, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. Amen. Even the devil is subject to us through thy name. And his name don't mean just quoting it. It means you live it and that you know it. And folks, at his character, which his name means, you claim it. In Jesus' name and for his sake. It's not a tack on at the end of a prayer. It is reality that you're praying for God's glory, God's character, and claiming God's purpose in that prayer. In Jesus' name. But look at verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. They came back from soul winning. The devil fell from the sky like lightning. I mean, you want to try to do something for God, the devil will try to stop it. Amen. Expect a warfare. But I want to tell you something. The Bible says in our great commission, Matthew 28, 19, uh, 18, he said, and Jesus said to them, all power is given to you in heaven and in earth. That's, that word power means authority. And he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the, uh, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Isn't it great to have authority when you go witnessing? Isn't it great to have authority when you preach? Isn't it great to have authority when you teach? Folks, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You're more than a conqueror. You're victorious. You're on the winning side. He defeated the devil. And folks, you've got the wrong battlefront if you're trying to defeat him in the flesh or the emotions or politics. Folks, I'm going to tell you something, friend. Only God can save this nation. I've come to that conclusion this week. This world is gone crazy. Say amen. Folks, there's corruptness on every corner. And folks, he without sin cast the first stone. Folks, I don't think we ought to depend on legislation to overcome the devil. We can't make enough laws. Matter of fact, Brother Larry, last time I checked, we can't make enough jail cells for the sinner. If we're having revival, we got more laws than we ever got. But I'm just going to give you three things in closing that you can't overcome the devil with. Legislation. Laws can only deal with outside. They can't deal with the heart. Oh, let's have gun control. Oh, let's have drug control. 
Let's have some more laws. But I'm going to tell you what we need is heart control. Because I'm going to tell you something. A person can kill somebody with a van. Come on. Say amen. Let's go now. Some of y'all get a little nervous here, but it'll be over in just a minute. You can kill somebody with a knife. We're going to outlaw those too. You can kill somebody with these two hands. Come up here and let me demonstrate. I'll put my hands around your neck, and I can suffocate you in 10 minutes. Unless you're stronger than I think you are. You probably are. Hey, friend, listen. We can make every law in the book, but what we need to realize, we got ten commandments and we're breaking them, and the only way we can keep them is through the Holy Spirit and being saved. And the law teaches us we're sinners. Folks, we cannot defeat the devil by more legislation. Everybody thinks, well, the end is we just got to get this political mess straightened out. It'll never be straightened out. Laws can only deal with the outside. What we need is revival. Thank God. Folks, the churches ought to be full this Sunday morning. Full. I mean, they ought to be packed out after all this went on this week in our country. Come on. Can you say amen right there? I watched about five hours of it. I got so depressed I had to turn it off. Go watch a Georgia Bulldog or something. Amen. Pathetic. Ridiculous. Oh, man, friend, listen. We, a lot of us like the little boy that got, kept getting disciplined by his daddy. She said, sit down. He wouldn't sit down. Some of y'all like that. Y'all ain't going to submit to authority. Sit down, he said. He finally said, sit down. The little old boy, he was defiant. And I, I would have made it where he couldn't sit down comfortably the next time. He sat down. He looked up at his daddy and says, I'm sitting down, but inside I'm standing up. Woo, you better not say that to me. As a little boy in my, in my house. Amen. I'm, I'm sitting down, but inside I'm standing up. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. You might be keeping the law, but inside you're standing up. If you're not saved and submissive to the authority of the living God and the spirit of the living God, I'm going to tell you something. We can have all the laws in the world. It ain't going to help this country or ourselves or our community or our, our, our family or even ourselves. We need God's Holy Spirit to take over in our heart. For out of the heart of the issues of life, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4. We need a heart revival. Then second of all, education is not the answer. Did you know that Hitler was a demon-possessed man? Hitler was demon-possessed, but Nazi Germany was the most educated, sophisticated nation on the earth at that time. It's horrible what the Nazis did to the Jews. Gas chambers, mass gas chambers, and mass grave sites. And folks, I want to tell you something. If you're controlled by education, it'd be like the fellow one time that stole a boxcar and then he got educated and stole the whole railroad, the whole railroad. You know, sometimes in these jail cells, they try to become educated. But I want to tell you something, all they'll be is educated criminals and get out and try to do more. If they don't get a heart change, if they don't get born again. Folks, education is not our, our answer. A lot of y'all look smart, and a lot of you act smart, and a lot of you got degrees. I got a degree, praise God. I didn't think I ever would get it, but I got it. I want to tell you something, friend, That's not, that doesn't make you holy. What makes you holy is to have enough sense to have the wisdom of God and look at this world through God's eyes. 
A lot of educated people don't see that. They think the end is them. They think the end's getting more knowledgeable. We need to know God. And then third of all, environment's not the answer. We can change the terrible condition of people living. But I want to tell you something, friend. If you'll go back in history, you'll find out environment does not curb sin. Because our great-grandparents, Adam and Eve, lived in paradise when they sinned. Amen? You can't get any better than the presence of God and the Garden of Eden. And they sinned blatantly against God. And now all of you have an Adamic nature and you sin against God no matter where you're at. Now I believe we ought to improve the project. I believe we ought to have a recreation center on every corner. Praise God. Keep them occupied. Run them. Run them, run them up and down the basketball courts. They won't be running after people trying to kill them. But I want to tell you something, that's not the solution. The solution is have a changed heart. And folks, the solution against the devil is we need to put on the whole armor of God. We wrestle not against principalities, but rulers of darkness, principalities of darkness, of the devil. We need to put on the whole armor of God. We need to pray every day. We need to seek his face. Folks, the answer is against the devil. The answer is, as we see in our passage, the answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a conflict, yes. They even confronted Jesus. Mark said, hey, listen, I'm telling you, Satan has no threat, no temptation, no allurement, no hold on a child of God. You can break that power through Jesus Christ. Can you imagine the devil's face when up from the grave he arose? <laughs> Woo! I'll be a shouting Baptist for a second. He arose. He overcame death, hell, and the grave, but he also overcame someone else. All the demons of hell and all the, de the devil himself. And he was wounded mortally. And he's a con artist trying to, think, trying to teach you that you can, you can bow to him with oppression and obsession and even possession. But the Bible tells me, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But before that verse, he also says, submit to God. Draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. So I'm going to tell you something, friend. There is demons. That's what this, what this passage is about. I'm going to tell you something, friend. There's demons of hell that will try to depress you and obsess you and even possess you. But here's the remedy. Get saved. Get saved. Hey, not only get saved, get sanctified. That means everything revolves around him. He's first. He's Lord. He's your master. He's the authority in your life. He's the priority of your life. Praise God, you belong to him and he belongs to you and you can face all the demons of hell and thank God have victory that was won at Calvary if you'll only submit. Let's pray. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for this passage that proves that there's a warfare. But Thank you, dear God, that this passage not only proves there's a warfare, but God, there's a victory that's been won. When the devil comes and knock on our heart's door, thank the Lord you live there 
You should reign there. You should rule there. And we cannot be oppressed or possessed by the devil when you take over. So Lord, help us to realize it's a warfare. And that the only way we can win this warfare and live the abundant life that the thief has come to steal and to kill and to rob and ravage everything that's holy is to yield to you with all our heart, all our soul,